Hi, everybody. This is Jean Paul from the band Clutch, and you are listening to Maximum Threshold. Automatic defense procedures initiated. What we've got here is maximum voltage, maximum power, maximum carnage. This is Maximum Threshold. Call the show at 440-709-4977. Maximum Threshold. And here's your hosts, Dom. And that's actually quite smart. He just makes errors of judgment along the way. Talking no defense, it's here. The words become too much to bear. The burdens as we march through the trenches of this world. It all changed here today In a lonely room surrounded by A million reasons to stand tall But the last and final fall Is one no man can share All alone with his fears And I hold the love of who you are The passion your hands brought to my ears Music's blood became our bond A good man that we honor here It all changed here today Llegaste a un lugar que pocos llegan Con el poder de montañas en tus manos Una brillante estrella sobre la tierra It all changes here today En este lugar de descanso eterno In an instant it was clear
Hello there. <clears throat> Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition <clears throat> Damn. of the Maximum Threshold Radio Show, episode 540, 540 shows for you. Ah, started the show off with some 3.2, this is some new stuff, and we're having um, Robert Berry calling in in a little while. I'm talking about this. It's a major project that went on for years. Looking forward to hearing all about it and how the process went and everything. But I got a cool little show for you lined up for you tonight. I have a little interview here with um, Kubla Khan. And um, we're just going to have fun tonight. And it's not going to be a real long show. We should be here a good hour and a half or so. I'm watching Ohio State game over here and just, you know, just having a blast. Sweating my ass off in the studio. It's hot as hell in this mother. I ain't going to lie to you. Why would I lie to you? Let's see. Okay, I think I can knock this interview out real quick. So let me, let me jump right into this. It's the Kublai Khan interview that George did at Warp Tour. I've been wanting to play this for weeks. I'm finally going to get the chance to do it. I'm going to knock it out for you guys. So here you go, man. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, we're jumping right into the ball today. We're jumping right into the game, whatever the hell you say it. And there you go. So, see you in a little bit. Hello, everybody. This is George from Maximum Threshold Radio, and I'm speaking. You prefer Matthew, Matt? Oh, whichever one. All right. From Kubla Khan, and uh, we're going to talk a little Warp Tour here. So, um... So, Matthew, the big news is this is the last touring or nationwide tour for Warp Tour. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, one thing beautiful about Warp Tour is that there's all this cross-marketing opportunity. You know, people are here to see you guys. They're seeing other bands. They're here to see other bands. Or they're getting introduced to you guys. Yeah. Um, moving forward, what do you guys think is going to be, uh, uh, particularly your band's opportunity to cross-market or to reach new audiences and young people? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that was one of the main, you know, enticing points of taking the tour, besides the fact that it's Warp Tour. You know, we would have done it either way. But we're, we're for sure aware of the fact that we're going to be exposed to a lot of people that would have never listened to us otherwise or never even seen us because we have a very like niche market, I feel like. We play a lot of the same clubs to a lot of the same people a lot because they're into that particular style of music. But, I mean, we get passers-by. We get all kinds of people that, you know, our crowd grows as our set goes on, and they come up to the table every single day. There's a lot of folks that are like, hey, you know, never heard of you, never seen you, but... That was the best thing I've seen. You know what I'm saying, or whatever they may say. Oh yeah, to show even an impression, man. Good. Yeah, and I think that at the end of the day is all we can really ask for because that's you know we're out here trying to push our music, trying to push you know our dream and stuff like that. So for people to be receptive to it is incredibly important. So, and I think this is the tour to do it if we were going to try and push into further markets. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully uh, there's some opportunity to connect with some of these other bands and uh, oh, yeah, you know down the road other tours and other shows um how would you how would you uh i don't know how would you describe yourself or your band sorry how would you describe your band to someone who's never heard you before uh you're talking about maybe just like style wise yeah well we'd be compared like bands like similar not of course not like exactly like but just similar in the vein of like hate breed and stuff like that like throw down and bury your dead it even said on our record whenever they put it out you know fans of throw down and bury your dead stuff like that so any just type of just really you know hard metalcore because we label ourselves as a metalcore band, but that's a very you know broad term. Yeah, right. But if I had to express it to somebody, I would say it leans more towards you know that side. The more I don't even know how to explain. It's real hard. I get asked this question a lot, and it still never gets easy. <laughs> <Yeah. explain, laughs> no, you know no worries. No worries, my man. Um, I, here's a little easier one. Have you been to? Uh, have you played Cleveland before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. We played Cleveland probably, I want to say about three or four times. No, nope. what facilities? Uh, I want to say it's called the Agora Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big $3 million makeover, man. It's looking pretty now, really? yeah. I, mean, I heard they redid the back room for you guys, so. Yeah, uh, it was pretty whenever we used to go in. It kind of looked like an old train station or something, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? 
But, I mean, the last time we were around the area, we played at uh, the Outpost in Kent. Yeah. And it, we, we weren't sure what was going to happen. I mean, they was talking about a snowstorm and all this shit. The show was incredible. Right. It was real good. There was a lot of folks that were from here that if they said that they had seen us before, and it wasn't from the Aurora Ballroom, they said they came from the Kent show. Oh, so nice. even doing just a small club show like that, I feel like even still helps us yeah. with you know, kind of keeping things alive because anybody can watch you once, but it's the people that are willing to come out and support you time after time that really, you know, push the longevity of your music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I agree. I uh, I couldn't agree with you more in sense a small club scene, man. That is the way to experience heavy metal. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. It's like a much more intimate environment that, that has a lot less restrictions and rules and it's it's in a lot of ways, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible. It's a bit more of a dedicated fan base. How great, a good point. Yeah, you right. I mean, it's people that really live and bleed for that underground scene, you know. And for for you know a lot of a lot of younger kids. I mean, I remember when I first started going to shows. I went to underground shows, but Warped was like the thing you look forward to because that's yeah, right. where you, you get to see all kinds of bands and stuff like that. And I know for a lot of the folks that come out to Warped, this is like their show of mm-hmm. the year. They may not go to any local shows or any, you know, VFW show or anything like that, which brings me to my point of, you know, some really good value. Absolutely. Know, I exactly. Bet. That's than we expect. Well, I, you guys are making an impression, man. You guys rock hard. Oh, so. thank you. Well, I hope so. so. Uh, oh, okay. Now, did you, you guys played earlier today? Yeah, I played about two o'clock. Two o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, I caught like the very end of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Hard man, I dig it. Thank you. I dig it. Um, how many dates have you done so far for Warp Tour this year? We we're on the whole thing, so I probably am going to box these, but I think we've probably done it. It's about at the halfway point, I want to say. But there's forty something days on the whole thing, so by the end of it, I know for sure we'll have done at least forty or forty. Yeah, and this is right here. We're in, we're in the, still in the beginning stages of that that you know 20, uh, 20 show stretch, and we, unlike a lot of other bands, we're just doing this in a van. We we don't have. I, I run merch. We have one guy that we brought with us that kind of helps with everything, but like. We don't have color on driving. We do everything. So you guys are grinding, man. This oh, means a lot to you. I love that. You said this was your dream, and exactly. you guys are working hard. That, yeah, that's if you kick want ass. Something, you can't let you know the BS. You know, the maximum wait. threshold radio eight to eleven p.m. Eastern Standard. You know, be able to push back a little bit to be able to succeed. Because this, this even for bands that. that or on a bus, or, or you know anything like that. This is a grind for everyone because it's it's grueling. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But everybody's got their own personal struggle, and we do too. And I'm just honestly glad to be here. I try not to harp on it. I try not to go into too much detail because that's not what's important. What's important is the fact that we're allowed this opportunity to share what we're doing with so many people. You know. So. It's great. I uh, was city wise. Which one? Which one was the most rowdy? Oh, who, who's, who's embracing you guys the Mountain most? Mountain View, California. Mountain View, California. Yeah, for huh? some reason, they counted 11 fights. Which, and I, <laughs> I don't, my whole thing is like, I don't ever want to like judge a show by the amount of fights, but in, in our style of music, if, if, if you got a lot of contact. There's some intensity. Like that, yeah, I get it. Obviously, something good is happening. And that was the day where we had our highest merch sales. Like, that day for sure really stuck out. There's been a ton of great days. I'm not saying that. But that day was like, Special, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's one we won't ever forget. Okay. So, uh, let me think here, my man. I think I'm. I got one more for you, and that is uh, yesterday. Uh, Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie were here. Uh, oh, they're playing they, they played here. Yeah, they were literally they cleared up, and you guys pulled in. Nice. Um, so, uh, admittedly, I was not there. My niece turned 12 years old. And she wanted me to take her to the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at Taylor Swift rocking out. There was no circle pit, no no throwing down. I don't, I don't think there was any fights. I think there was exactly zero. Probably. But I if there so. was a fight, I liked my odds, though. I think I would have fared oh, well. Oh, yeah. yeah right. At a Taylor Swift concert, it, it, it tips pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, um, I... Uh, Niece, nephew, daughter, or son, or anything yet, right now for you? Uh, no, my girl has two kids. Okay. And I mean, I hang out with them and stuff like that. I, agree. I get to go home and spend time with them. I love to be a priest. A lot of bright stuff. That's one reason that we kind of work so hard out here. All the stuff I make out here, it ain't 
for me, but for Atlanta, that pulls back into my home life. Mm-hmm. So honestly, oh. I mean, and I, I still work when I'm home. I've always worked. I mean, I did construction for years, working 60 and 80 hours a week. Go straight on tour, try and make as much money as I could to provide what I can. Absolutely, you know? man. So, like I said, everybody's everybody's out here doing their grind just for whatever reason fits them best. You right. Know what I'm saying. Now, uh, if uh, so, how old are these daughters? If you don't mind me asking, of course. Uh, son is eleven, daughter is seven. Okay, okay. So, if you had to take them to a non-warp tour esque band, such as a Taylor Swift, yeah, who would you take them to? To be honest with you, if I'm being completely real, I feel so out of the loop musically that I wouldn't know. I would hope that they would tell me, right? But they would just gotta see, support them either way, huh? I would assume they'd want to see like. Kids like Maroon 5 and stuff like that. Like, yeah. stuff, you know, that's what I was doing. As much as I would think that they probably wouldn't want to hang out at one of my shows, I probably wouldn't want to hang out at one of the shows they were going to, but if it made them happy, I'd be on any show they wanted to. See, I'm with you, man. I you got lucky. I mean? My nephew was a big metal fan. I wish he was here. I invited him out. He didn't make it. And then, uh, um, yeah, but my niece, he's, she went a little different route. You know, she likes yeah, uh, yeah. Katy Perry, but I support that, man. Yeah, she likes, she likes I mean, live music. I want to support that. That's the whole thing is live music mm-hmm. because, it, you know, no matter what, you know, sound is coming out of those speakers, as long as there's people in front of it, that's what keeps I'm trying to tell young people in particular, it's one thing to listen. It's a whole and live. You know, it's a whole other thing to listen to people and feeling the bass and the music yeah. and it's just a whole other experience, man. In particular, metal does it like no other. Oh, I think yeah. it's the I mean, best concert. I feel like it's a good outlet for, for human emotion. You know, as much as much progress as I think that we wanna believe that we've made as a species we still love knocking each other around you know to some drums like it's a generation and I, I do honestly at the same time I mean this is the last Warped Tour so maybe use that as an example I do worry for the future of live music because the world is becoming more in all kinds of different ways the music industry movie industry everything's getting moved in so many brand new directions they're buying, so much change they're selling tickets for concerts online launch them now man yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing yeah I mean you remember when they had they had a Tupac Oh, like a hologram. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that, you, don't even, you wouldn't even have, you, maybe in five years, you won't even have to be there, that's man. You can I'm just saying. record it and send your hologram. I remember seeing videos of that, and it was probably me over-exaggerating, but I was like, that's it, boys. Like, we're out of the job. <laughs> we're over. We're, we're, we're extinct. People don't need us anymore, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think as long as people still come out and support, there is always going to be a want and a need for it, and I hope that we're able to stick around to help provide that, as well as future generations, you know? Great. So. Hey, I, uh, well... I appreciate taking the time. Two, I, I, dude, I respect the grind, and I respect what you're doing, and I wish you luck Thank in you your band, much. man. I, so uh, I, I look forward to supporting you moving forward. Thank and, uh, you. Thank you. And likewise. Um, hey, would you mind doing uh, It's Maximum Threshold Radio? Would you yeah, uh, mind doing a little, hey, this is Matt from uh, Kubicon and do your yeah. thing. And you could say whatever. You don't have to stick to that. You could say whatever you want, man. So uh, I'll, I'll just keep playing the same. Right, this is, this is uh, Matt Honeycutt from Kublai Khan. And be sure and listen and support and share. Maximum Threshold Radio. Maximum Threshold Radio. Memory is not my strong point. It's, it is a long one. I, I don't. I'll redo it if you want. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. good. We like, we like when that happens. So yeah, yeah. We do it. We'll do it. I, like... I get so hyped up. I'm like, oh, I actually got something to say that I got to remember. I got to get it. I got to get it. And then I'll do it. And I'll be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right, brother. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I apologize for being kind of. Yeah.
the live show, go to stitcherradio.com and search Maximum Threshold and listen in today. That's Maximum Threshold and Stitcher Radio, a match made in heaven. You want to listen to Maximum Threshold Radio on your phone? You can do so. The app is out there, baby. Tune in radio. Go to your little market there and download TuneIn Radio. Just type it in the search, TuneIn Radio. Once you download that app, click it, activate it, blah, 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 search Maximum Threshold. That's, once again, that's TuneIn Radio. You can also catch the podcast on there. Right, check it out. TuneIn Radio for Maximum Threshold Radio Live. Oh, well, who wants to live forever? <laughs> you can text message the show right now at 440-252-0058. Once again, it's 440-252-0058. Text the show. are open. Call now 440-709-4977. Once again, that number is 4977. Maximum threshold, you're on the air. Um? Yeah. Hi, this is Steve Fawson from Heart by Heart. Hey, Steve, man. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Just hanging in here, just sweating out in the studio. The air is off in here, dying. Wow, you're really breaking up. Oh, uh, am I? Oh. Is this a cell phone? No, this is. The, we're going through the net. Use one of the net apps. Oh, okay. If you want, I can call you back on my okay, cell phone and put you on. Want me to do that? Yeah, you got the number? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'll do that. Okay. Give me a second. All right. Thank you. All right, thanks. Okay. So, So what's going on, man? Well, um, today it's uh, we're going to a party of a really good fan of ours who comes to a lot of our shows. He drives uh, and flies all over the place to see us. Who's that? And he's having a party. <laughs> he's having a party, and uh, he invited us, so we're going. Nice. That's pretty cool to just have just to head out and just do parties, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, good guy. He's a former cop. Oh, is he? What's What city? Yeah. Well, he lives in Kingston, Washington, which uh, we just got off the ferry boat mm-hmm. ride from our uh, place on the other side of the water, and here we are. <laughs> I've been up into, like, those um, those islands up there, like Angola. I've been to Angola. You mean Anacortes? Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that's it. Where was I getting Angola yeah, from? 
<laughs> I remember there, I was there whew, in the 80s, and I went and saw a movie up there. Um, I was in the Navy, and we just happened to pull in a port there. And um, there's this moose just walking all over, just around, down through the neighborhood and to the downtown area. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about on maybe uh, one of the, one of the uh, San Juan Islands? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. That's nice. really beautiful up there. Yeah, I, I wish I could go back there now. You know, being older, I can appreciate it. But like when you're in your early twenties, you don't appreciate. It. You just look for a place to go drink. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're talking about because back when uh, Hart was touring around yeah. and we were doing all these cities, I, I, you know, I thought, oh, you know. And now, when I go to these cities, we've been to a lot of, uh, you know, Pennsylvania. A lot of different places. Yeah. I really appreciate it a lot more now. Mm. Yeah, I wish I would have took pictures too. That's one thing I didn't do. You know, I've, I've been like all through Asia and Australia and those places. I didn't take too many pictures. And it's kind of those things when you think, oh, I'm young, you know, maybe someday I'll go back and my memory will hold up. And when you get older, you're just like, I don't remember none of that. <laughs> just some, get well, some things pop in your head. Well, nowadays it's so much easier to do pictures yeah. because, like, you, like back, like I said, when Hart was talking about, you you took your roll of film in, and two weeks later they said, hey, "Your film's ready." <laughs> That's it. I remember, um, be years. I'd find those old disposable cameras like laying around, and I'd take them in and go get them developed. And I'm like, I don't even remember taking pictures with them. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, you know, I, I mean, I've taken maybe 10 times more pictures in the last 10 years than I have the whole rest of my life. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, you start yeah. getting a different appreciation on, you know, life in general. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that put down the, uh, the you know, the new smartphones and the way, you know, society is. But I think it's really cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've been taking, like, a lot of pictures on my phone, and and I just don't know what to do with them anymore. <laughs> you can see it's so much on there. Like, I'm thinking about putting on putting on film and, you know, getting them, getting, yeah. you know, putting them down. But you don't know what to do with them afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So you're in Cleveland? Yeah, well, right, right outside the Cleveland area. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Uh, I've been... Right after uh, the Hall of Fame, I went there mm-hmm. to, the, to the, you know, the museum and everything. Yeah. What year were you inducted in there? 2013. Oh, okay. Well, now, did you, you came to Cleveland for that, didn't you? No, it was actually at uh, in Los Angeles at the Nokia oh, Theater. Right. Yeah, I went to, I, I tried to um, cover everyone that was in Cleveland. And it's, it's like, I wish it had been like every year, but, you know, but they pop it around. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, you know, like when they're in New York or, or wherever they're at. They should, I think they should have it at the Rock Hall. Well, I went to the one where, you know, Yes was inducted because Alan White's a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And that was in New York. And uh, I was hearing some complaints from the Rock Hall that uh, New York's a very expensive town to do something like that in. Oh, wow. They should have done it down here. They have, it's all yeah. set up for that. Yeah, Cleveland has a nice facility. Um, after The year after, or a little bit after Hall & Oates was in, inducted, mm-hmm. they did a show, um, you know, the spring, they had their spring, you know, music. Anyway, Hall & Oates played at it in summer. I got to go to that one. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. What are some of the benefits you get from being in the Rock Hall other than getting in free? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the biggest benefit is that people, you know, our fans and, and people really get a kick out of meeting a Rock Hall Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, we've had on, our, on the show here, I think I counted like nine or ten um, Rock Hall inductees on here. I didn't even think about it. I just went down through the list and like, well, we've had him on, him on, her on. And it was pretty wild just, just to see that. And just yeah. and just um, to be part of it, you know, it's part of um, the whole rock and roll, you know, circle of life, I guess you can call it. Yeah, there's probably less than a thousand people in, 
Museum. Oh, yeah. What, what? Inductees, I mean. Mm-hmm. What do you have in there? Uh, well, I I had a base in there for a long time, but I had them send it back to me because I want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, obviously, when you look at all those guitars, you think about these guys are still alive. You know, why would they Why would they get rid of them? Because if, if, I know cause I'm a guitarist myself, and it is so tough to... You know, to get rid of a guitar, to send it off somewhere, especially it's something, you know, if you wrote music with it or you've done something and you have history with it and it's part of you, you know, to just to give it up and to share it with others, it's kind of tough. I know. It's, yeah, and because every, like I own several basses and each bass has its own personality, yeah. its, own, its own tone and its own voice. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and some some bases are better for some songs, and you know other bases are better for other songs. I hear you. Uh, which what is your the bass that you like to play the most? Well, for the past uh, year, a couple of years, I've been using mainly uh, uh, a '62 jazz bass. Okay. Fender jazz bass. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really partial to Fenders. I probably you probably won't catch me playing any other kind of bass. Really, I might play an Olympic because I played Olympic on. Some of the hard tunes, but uh, the way we travel, I, I can only bring one bass, so that's going to be a type of jazz, you know, a yeah. lot of different uh, tones. Yeah, those things are variation. Oh, I have a you know key basses, and I have you know I still have the Alembics that I used uh, when I recorded the hard tunes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are they do you have, can, are they all stock, or do you like um, you know change the parts out in them? No, I keep them stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I will change the, the the screws on the saddles so okay. to make them shorter so they don't stick up. So when I palm, I'm not scratching oh, yeah. my palm mm-hmm. on them. Have you ever tried the but, rollers? Uh, no. Like the roller um, bridges? E, not really. Mm-hmm. No. I, 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 like, I like the stock fender bridge the best. Yeah. I've tried, you know, the different uh, heavier bridges and... I just don't like them as well. You know, to me, they they make the bass sound different. So I, yeah. I, I keep everything stock. I had a question for you. I've been wanting to ask a bass player this for a long time. I now always forget. I like on the the um, the jazz basses and that they had that little piece of wood that's on the pickboard. Um, what is that? What's the, what's the purpose of that? Well, they call it a thumb rest, mm-hmm. but it's, it's on the other on side. The opposite end, <laughs> it's on the opposite end of the street. Yeah. strings as your thumb so I have I would I couldn't really tell you <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's some place to rest your fingers so that when you pluck with your thumb mm-hmm. you know you can get a little uh, leverage mm-hmm. maybe like for slapping or something I have no clue no I, I you know I think it gets in the way for slapping yeah. and when I was young when I, the very first Fender bass I got um one of the booking agents that I that worked for for us, uh, he says, "What are you keeping that thing on there for? Just unscrew <laughs> it, take it off, yeah. throw it away. <laughs> does nothing. Does no good." <laughs> so I know I'm not the only one who's thought that it was it's a worthless thing, and why why is it there on the other side? <laughs> yeah, and then everybody's all worried about uh, keeping the the chrome pick guards, or not, not pick guards, but the chrome. Uh, uh, they call them ashtrays, but it mm-hmm. covers the pickup and then one covers the bridge. Yeah. But the first thing everybody does when they get the bass is take it off. Oh, yeah. That's what Not I do. Lot, you know. Yeah, I play, I play Les Pauls, and the very first thing I do is take that pick guard off. I don't like it. I like looking at the wood. Yeah. Yeah. I do, too. I have a Hofner. It's a, it's a, they call it a Ranger bass, but now they call them a club. Oh, Okay. Club bass and it uh, it's the same shape as a Les Paul and I first thing I did was take the pick guard off because mm-hmm. it just gets in the way. It does. Yeah, I don't like that. It's just you know I'm, I I I admire wood. I admire the guitar, the instrument, the whole thing at all. And I think that pick guard is just something. It's an eyesore, and I don't think it belongs there. It's there. Pick guard is there as if you're a crazy you know picker and you're going to scratch it up and you're worried about your guitar. But if you love your instrument and it's there for you. You know, take it off. Beat the hell out of it, yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
And, you know, everything that's attached to the wood uh, makes it sound different. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you take the pick card off, it has a little bit better uh, resonation, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. You don't have to worry about anything rattling on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, let's get back in talking about your music and, and your band that you have. <clears throat> okay. For the, for the people who aren't familiar with it, want to give them a little brief about um, the, your, your band that you're in with right now? Okay, well, Heart by Heart is a, uh, it, it's a band that plays mo- uh, tunes that Heart, that Mike and I recorded when we were in Heart. And so we play, the, and we play the tunes very close to the originals, as close as we can, you know, same key, same tempos, same vibe, and we try to recreate the sound that you would have heard if you had seen the band back in the 70s and early 80s. And how long have you had this band going? Uh, six years. Uh, and I started as a bass and vocal duo. Okay. Uh, we we decided that we needed a drummer and a guitar player. Mm-hmm. So we got Mike DeRosier and uh, a guy at the time, Randy Hansen. And uh, started playing around. And then a couple of years later, we ran into Lizzie, who uh, did, does the acoustic guitar, like the guitar, and sings background vocals. And now she does, even does keyboards. Oh, wow. And how's the, re- how's the reception to this? Oh, people love us. Mm-hmm. People absolutely love us. We have people coming up to us after the show with tears in their eyes and uh, thanking us for keeping the music alive wow. the way they remember it. That's so cool. It's Because everybody can relate with <clears throat> with the music from back in the day. You know, it's, it's just, there's certain songs that resonate in your mind makes you think about a time and place where you were at growing up <clears throat> and you're able to connect. And when you, when you have the opportunity to bring it back out to them, you know, that's such that just emotional um, piece back with them. Yeah. Well, that's the whole idea of the mm-hmm. nostalgia. Oh yeah. If, if someone, uh, re, you know, rebuilds a 55 Chevy, but they rebuild it as a mountain car, you know, the, this kit and four wheel drive and everything, you, you lose the nostalgia. You want the original color, the original interior, looking just like it did back in 1955. Basically, that's what uh, Mike and I and Summer and Lizzie and Chad do when play the heart music is make it sound and feel just like the music of the 70s and early 80s. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the larger venues you've played with this this band? Oh, geez. Well, we mm-hmm. did the Houston... Uh, uh, it's called the Miller Outdoor Theater. Uh, we played the Tulalip Amphitheater here in Washington and the Snoqualmie Casino here in Washington. Did the uh, Washington State Fair here in Washington. And then, jeez, uh, uh, it's hard to remember all these things right now. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we played all over the country this year. Arizona, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, and like a theaters that are, you know, between five and 1,500 theaters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, we're just really having a good time traveling and playing. And people seem to enjoy it a lot. Now, do you call do you call your band a tribute band? Uh, no, we don't really. Yeah. Uh, a tribute band is, I mean, people understand what the word tribute means. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to get away from that because we do play the music apart. But it's more like we're part alumni yeah. playing the music of heart. Because yeah, I know and, that's, that's uh, a tough take on that. Um, just Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. But at the same time, once people get it, they really understand. And then, you know, they know we don't, uh, we don't mess with the songs. Yeah. So they really appreciate it fact that we're going out there and just really paying attention to mm-hmm. how the songs were created, conceived, and and recorded. 
So what's the what's the plans that you have for the future for this? Well, we are in the process of putting together um, some tours for next year. With I'm, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say the names of the artists that we'll be touring with, but uh, so I won't at this time. But if I can, I'll I'll ask, and if I can, I'll call you back and tell you. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do some stuff around America, and then uh, we're also uh, looking at an Australian tour and a European tour. Nice. <clears throat> How about it? Would you guys ever think about making any new music? Oh, yeah. We've got new music. We've, we're uh, in touch with producers and songwriters. And, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff that we've been working on and and kind of honing down and we've already recorded a few songs so yeah we're definitely in that ballpark too will the music be sort of in that same vein of back in the day well I I'm not really sure yeah. it, it's hard to to categorize the stuff that you're writing at the time I mean we're not caught you don't consciously to say to yourself oh I want it to sound like this or sound like that I mean you kind of write a song and then you present it to the players and it kind of ends up the way it ends up so you don't really have control over it but one thing I can say for sure is that the songs that we are writing and recording now they really represent the talents and the energy of the people that we have in the band now mm-hmm. well that's great <clears throat> I look forward to hearing some of some of that whenever you have it you put it out yeah well uh John Lappin will mm-hmm. be in touch as soon as we yes. do, and we're going to tell as many people as we can that it's coming out. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, we'll do whatever we can on our part here, and, and I'll shoot it over to all of our other networks, and i have them yeah, good. push it as well. Uh, because, yeah, we, we believe in you, and you know that we know that you, you guys are you know great artists, musicians, and you know, you're good people. So we want to continue with that and keep pushing the good, the good music out to the people out here. Good. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, let's see. For, for what other projects have you been other than, you know, the, the heart, you know, being hard and in this one here. Well, you know, I've played in several bands around, you know, around my hometown, which is Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, Mike and I, and Roger Fisher did a, a stint with Alias, that Canadian band. Sheriff turned into Alias, and we did, you know, we played the Johnny Carson and okay. toured it out with Ariel Speedwagon and stuff, but that was in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, I got kind of disillusioned with music there for a while, and uh, I became a mountaineer for about 15 huh. years. Oh, wow. And then I met Summer, and Summer reignited my desire to play music, and uh, and that kind of inspired a lot of people around us to play music and so that's where I got mm-hmm. Do you ever think about putting together a studio of your own? Uh, not really. Not really. Um, Chad, our guitar player, he's got a Pro Tools uh, um, you know, studio at his house mm-hmm. and so we have that capability to go there and work on things. And, and then once we get it to a certain point, then it's best to go, you know, with a real uh, established producer and have them, you know, record it the way they want to record it. Where, where do you where do you think music's going to be at for like the next 10 years? Uh, not like in a production wise. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? Well, the, uh, I think the record companies, are finally starting to figure out how to to market the new music, and then uh, uh, they because they've really figured out how to market the classic music mm-hmm. in the last you know ten years or so. So, I don't, it, you know, it, it's hard to to try to put down or whatever the you know any generation's music is. I remember when I was a kid and people started were putting down uh, rock and roll, I thought they were, I thought it was ridiculous. Right. I mean, why would they even want to put it down? Because, it, you know, we loved it and it was very popular, so why, you know, it, it made the person look stupid that was putting it down. 
Oh, yeah. What was some of the music that you listened to as a kid growing up? Oh, geez. I listened to everything. You know, the Stones, uh, Everly Brothers, Roy Orbison, the Beatles, Elvis, Ricky Nelson, you know. Being, being I, a being I was a product of my times. Mm-hmm. Being a bass player, who was the one person, you know, that was, you know, I hate, I hate going to like influences, but, you know, um, but who was that person that when you, when you go to learn, when you go to play something new, you have any type of, um, that influence that, that, you know, a certain style that you have to play? Yeah, well, Paul McCartney was the guy that inspired me to want to play the bass. Mm-hmm. And so, and then Bill Wyman was another of my heroes, and John Paul Jones was another one, and then Chris Squire was mm-hmm. another one. So most of my, most any part I come up with has elements of those four people in oh, it. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, it's 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 hard. Um, like thinking of a bass player, um, of all the other different genres and that how it how that music kind of slides over into rock, and trying to find out you know key players, especially when you start playing you know sort of like a hard rock kind of thing, and how that all melts together. And when you start to bring in John Paul Jones and and those players like that, those guys all stick together, and it all has that swing rock blues kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm John Paul Jones, and he's one of the most amazing musicians that rock has ever produced, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Is there anybody who you keep your eye on that is pretty new to the scene? Uh, you know, there's it's it's hard to, to know because they don't really popularize, you know, individual musicians so much as just the singer or the, you know, the singers in the band or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to, to uh, I know the guy that plays with Bruno Mars is really good. He's mm-hmm. yeah, got a phenomenal band there. Yeah. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch on with us and talk about to your fans? Well, you know, just invite all our fans out just to check us out. I mean, some people, you know, they they say, how can it be hard without Anna and Nancy? But mm-hmm. I, at the same time, I go, well, how can it be hard without, you know, Howard, Roger, Mike, and Steve, too? That's right. We need the and blood. We, 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 yeah, we contributed, too. And, uh, and the band that we have now, we really pay attention to, you know, how the music should sound and how it did sound and we try to really make it uh, a nostalgic experience. Mm-hmm. And where can people uh, follow your tour dates? Uh, that would be heartbyheart.com and a lot of people say oh heart to heart but it's not heart to heart it's heartbyheart.com mm-hmm. nice. and uh, we also have a Facebook and we post a lot of pictures and you know we have a lot of photos photographers that love to take pictures of us and I don't know we have a good time nice well I'll definitely get the word out there and you know I'll put up all your tour dates that I can find and, and any type of videos we'll, we'll get a nice little page going for you on our Maximum Threshold website and like I said I'll also um, spider it out to all of, all, of, all of our other outlets as well so we'll get the word out there all for right. you alright Dom thank you very much oh, you're welcome uh, can you do us a quick favor Steve a quick what? A quick favor. Sure. Can you do a promo ID for our radio show? Just say your name, the band sure. you're with, you're listening to Maximum Threshold, and throw something crazy out at the end of it and don't put no thought into it? Uh, <laughs> okay, so what, what do you want me to say again? It's your name, the band you're with, or whatever band you want to be affiliated with. doesn't matter which band it is. Uh, you're listening to Maximum Threshold. Then throw something crazy out at the end of it and don't put no thought into it. Okay, so, okay, this is Steve Fawson from Heart by Heart. And you're listening to Maximum Threshold. And I hope you're having fun because I am. That was perfect. Steve, what song would you like for us to play for everybody out here? Uh, Well, I would say... um, Love Alive is good. 
Dog and Butterfly is good. And then if you want, really want to rock it up, a magic hat. Gotcha. Definitely we'll do that. Well, Steve, I, I definitely thank you very much for taking time out and calling in here and get everybody caught up with, with what you've been up to and as well as with the band. All right. Well, thank you, John, for having me. And have yourself a wonderful evening. All right. You too. Take care, man. All right. Bye. All right. Try!
Hey guys, this is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News, and this is your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Five Finger Death Punch released a music video for their single, When the Seasons Change, on YouTube. It's off their latest album, And Justice for None. The song and video is dedicated to the late Las Vegas police officer, Charleston Hartfield, who was killed in the October 2017th shooting at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival and worked take of the track the way you used to do. It was filmed live live at the Museum of New and Old Art in Hobart, Tasmania. Proceeds were donated to the Royal Hobart Hospital Pediatrics War. Nikki Six has confirmed on Twitter new songs. They will be for the film The Dirt Confessions of the World's Most Notorious Rock Band. He stated, you can trust us. These are ball busters. Everybody can relax. We're soon going to smack you upside the head with some killer new tracks. Continuing with your Maximum Threshold.net rock and metal news, Issues have stated they will hit the studio October 7th and start recording their new album. The producer will be Howard Benson, and they are planning for a 2019 release through Rise Records. And Touche Amore played their 1,000th show at the Regent Theatre in Los Angeles on February 16th. This was a special show to celebrate their 10th anniversary together. Together, they film the show and have a live album called 10 Years 1000 Shows at the Regents Theatre. It's going to be out on November 2nd through Epitaph, and you can check out a live video for Flowers and You on YouTube. And finally, Silent Planet released a new song called In Absence on YouTube. It's off their new upcoming album, When the End Began, out on November 2nd. Catch them live on their tour in North America with Stray from the Path. This is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News with a Z, and this this has been your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Thanks for tuning Just listen to Maximum Threshold Radio Show. It is live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. until whenever the fuck they shut up. So tune in. It is pointless to resist. You can now hear the Maximum Threshold Radio Show on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and Palm Free. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Once again, you can hear Maximum Threshold Radio Show on Stitcher.com. Jill Janice, a huntress, and I gotta tell you, when I'm on the road, there's only one thing I'll pee into, and that's a funnel. It's called the Go Girl. I hope you have a minute to go check it out. Hey guys, this is John Karabi from The Scream, Motley Crue, Union, ABBA, Justin Bieber, whatever. And you're 